Okay, let's do it. Chapter seven of Sorceress. If you don't know what this is about, go check out the episodes just prior to this. We are reading the Sorceress book, which is in draft format right now. Um, so when the published version comes out, it will probably look and sound a little bit different. But let's do this. Let's drive right on in. This is the chapter where we talk about money and wealth and financial abundance. This is the one which is called No Sacrifice. <clears throat> you can decide something gets to happen without knowing how it will happen. Just like when you watch one of those romantic comedies and you know the characters fall in love, you don't know when or how, but you just know that they do, your abundant life gets to be like that. If you want it, the universe wants you to have it. There is proof of that everywhere. One day I was just minding my own business, doing life, being open to possibility, and I had a desire drop in. Wouldn't it be fun to get a bus and turn it into a motorhome and do a tour of the East Coast? It wasn't just a fleeting, momentary notion. The vision wouldn't quit. I could feel the feelings of cruising along in our bus. It felt real and it felt right. I knew this was soul deep guidance. I had no idea how this would happen at the time and whether my partner would be into it. But fast forward six or so months and we saved up found the perfect bus and are now partway through fitting it out as a tiny home with a plan to hit the road early next year. When the desire downloaded, my most important job was to let it land in my body and feel the feelings of it before I got all caught up in the million reasons we couldn't do it. It was the same when I downloaded the desire to be an author, the desire to live on the water, the desire to be a mother, and the desire to have a lover that slow danced with me in the kitchen. All of these things happened, even the ones that made no sense based on my reality at the time. In those moments, I don't think of the desire as a fantasy. I think of it as a premonition. I take it as a message from the universe that it's what's coming next if I choose it. I remember the time I saw myself with much shorter hair. At the time, I had long flowing mermaid hair that people were envious of. I loved my hair, but when I saw my next level self in my mind, she was blonder with a choppy bob cut just above my shoulders. I downloaded that desire in March one year, but I didn't cut it until the following January. Throughout that time, for around 18 months in fact, we'd been actively house hunting. I was very specific about the house I wanted. It needed water views, but with all bedrooms on the same level. It was proving really hard to find. I grew frustrated, and all the while I had the niggling feeling that it was time to cut my hair. When I saw myself in the next house, I saw myself with shorter hair. And so eventually I did it. And less than a week later, we found the house, the house, the more perfect than I imagined house, which also happened to be available straight away. Funnily enough, the house had been empty the entire time. The owner just hadn't decided what to do with it until around the time I booked the hair appointment. It's as if the house had been waiting for me to be ready to rise up to meet it. It had been waiting for me to follow the breadcrumbs and do what I was guided to do, even if that guidance was as trivial as a haircut. 
Moving into the house created an energetic shift. It unlocked the next chapter for me. Each chapter of life requires you to complete some tasks before you can graduate to the next, just like a video game. Those things that niggle at you, the ones you keep saying you'll do when you get enough time and enough courage, those are the things. Those are the keys to bringing what you see in your mind into reality. Those are your big breadcrumbs that lead you to the abundant life you imagine for yourself. And there is one big story that gets in the way for many people. Story of sacrifice. Throughout our lives, so many of us have been told that we must give up things we love in order to have things we want. We must sacrifice time with our family to earn good money. We must sacrifice our body and work really hard. We must sacrifice our dreams and get a real job. There's no time to be healthy, happy, and also successful. We must compromise. When I decided to completely reject the entire notion of sacrifice, guess what happened? It was no longer required. It would be remiss and irresponsible and insensitive of me to talk about creating abundance and not address the concept of privilege. It's important to acknowledge and respect that not everyone is starting at the same point and not everyone is running on the same terrain. I'm white, cisgendered, able-bodied, tertiary educated, raised middle class. I have had a clearer path than many. Every word of this book is written with the deep awareness that I have been afforded privilege in my life. It's quite likely that you have too, to varying degrees, in varying ways. I believe that we get to have a beautiful and comfortable life of freedom while also creating a more equitable world. We get to rise up without knocking others down. We get to gain without taking. We get to have abundance fully in integrity without harming others or destroying the planet. Everything I share is shared through the lens of my lived experience, which will be different to every other person's. I believe doing great work in the world means working to increase our awareness of how other people live. As you read the words in this book, notice what feels true for you and also notice what you would like to feel more true for you. You get to write your story. You get to plot out your movie. If you want something, you can have it. The work is in creating a container it can land in. Throughout this book, we've explored the idea that desires a divine guidance. It's something that many people seem to get until it comes to money. We tend to attach a whole lot of meaning to money, to earning and to wealth. It's the meaning we attach that determines what we allow into our lives. I remember driving past the house I live in now around five years ago. How does someone end up owning a house like that? They're probably dodgy dealers of some sort. I will never have that because I'm not like that. Around two years ago, I drove past it again and saw it through a different lens with less judgment. I wonder what they do. I wonder what their life is like. I wonder what it'd be like to cook in that kitchen, sit by that pool. That would be so cool. I can totally imagine that. Now, if I drive past my house, it means I've missed the driveway. 
If you attach negative thoughts and negative energy to wealth, your subconscious mind will protect you from it. As my income has grown, my work has been to continually make money feel safe. Here are some of the most common beliefs we are programmed into around wealth. You must work really hard for your money. You only ever have just enough. It takes a long time to save up for things. It's difficult to get ahead. You have to sacrifice. Rich people are bad. Do any of these ring true? Tune in and notice what you are expecting to have to give up in order to get what you want. If they are things that matter to you, like time with your family, integrity, honesty, your sanity, you may find that the ideas for bringing it all in stay just out of reach to protect you. Can you imagine a reality where you get to have it all? Can you see yourself with your desires and also your values in place? Write it out, draw it out, see it, feel it, and then ask yourself, what you feel called to do next. Next chapter, chapter eight is called Mastering Time. Here are four words that we all need to do away with. I don't have time. Say it a bunch of times and get it out of your system because from now on we're done with this phrase. These four words may sound like truth, but they are not. Doesn't it make sense that the divine desire comes with the divine resources to create it, including time? I wholeheartedly believe that we all have the time we need to do what we are here to do. But if we keep deciding we don't, we won't. Here are a few others you might find yourself saying that pour cold water all over the magic. I've been so busy. When I find time. I haven't had a chance. Life is hectic. I have so much on my plate. When we say these things, it tells our subconscious mind, the part that operates without us thinking about it, our autopilot, that this is just how it is. Our subconscious goes, right, got it. Too busy, can't get anything done. Locking it in, roger that. Each thing we say, it's as if we're sending a message to our mind saying, more of that, please. If you want your situation to change, watch your language. Replace those phrases with things like, I haven't made time for that yet. I would love to make some space for that. This matters to me, which means there's time available for it. Sorcery does not involve prioritizing. It's not about putting things above other things. It's not a grading system where something matters more than something else. That's all just another story to make women feel bad about what goes where on their list of things that matter. My guess is there are a lot of things that matter to you. Your health, family, home, travel, career, friendships, beauty, fun, learning, growth. If it matters to you, if you value it, there's room for it in your life. Our values are divinely delivered just like our desires are. They drive us to become who we are here to be. If you desire more space to focus on what matters to you, then life wants you to have it. You just have to follow the breadcrumbs. Anyone who looks at my calendar would assume I'm very busy. There are a lot of things in there. But interestingly, I look at my diary and mostly see space. 
Each little one hour chunk represents space. A full hour of pure space dedicated to something that matters to me. There are chunks for writing, for being with my babies, for exercise, for clients, for lunch, for learning, for everything that matters to me, for all the things I value. And it feels like freedom because here's the fun part. I move them around like a little game of Tetris. I look at my day and if I don't feel like doing the next thing on my list and if it's something I can move, I do. Some days I like to exercise in the mornings. Other times I prefer to do it in the afternoon. Sometimes I wake up and want to get my admin done. Other times I could think of nothing worse. We don't have to force ourselves to do things. It is possible to only do things when you feel like doing them. Letting yourself do life that way requires a whole lot of trust. It means believing in your own ability to cycle back around to a motivated state. It means trusting yourself to do the things. And it's a lot easier to trust yourself when you know how you are designed to operate. As feminine beings, we cycle around through a motivational pattern. In each moment, we are motivated to do different things. There is a mode for all the things that need to be done. But often, we try to do one thing while in an energetic state better suited to doing a different thing. This way of living drains our energy, affecting our productivity and making us believe that we are less capable than we are. Getting things done is not about being more organized or more accountable or even more disciplined. It's about being more in flow. It's about tapping into and riding the wave of your life force energy. You will feel naturally called to do things that drive your life forward if you allow your desires to drive you and to work with your natural state in each moment. Wild mode is for decluttering. Get rid of the things in your life that distract or overwhelm you. Vision work. Tune into that next level version of you and ask her where you're going next. Creative practice. Write, doodle, design, dance, paint, explore, brainstorm. Bear mode is for resting. Take a break, fill your cup, have a nap. <laughs> Spiritual nourishment. Read a book, do yoga, take a bath with oils or salts. Mental detoxing, meditate, walk, stare at the ocean, journal. Super mode is for taking action, do the thing you've been putting off, make a list and tick it off. Organizing, sort your admin, make a schedule, plan your projects. Creating structure, put methods to the madness that your wild mode created. Sparkle mode is for connecting, build relationships, meet new people, bring others along on your journey. Being present, practice mindfulness, play with children, tune into your values. Celebrating, take a moment of gratitude for all you've created and what's to come. We are naturally programmed productivity machines. But so often we find ourselves disconnected from this inbuilt genius because we are taught that productivity should look a particular way. Productivity is about results. 
and the results worth producing are the ones that you soul deep desire. If you desire a life with lots of naps, then sometimes napping is the most productive thing you can do. As women, we have a tendency to tell ourselves stories about ourselves. We give ourselves limiting labels. Generally, these have come from things the world has told us and we've accepted as truth. I'm not very organized. I'm not reliable. I'm flaky. I'm lazy. I'm too hot-headed. I forget things. I'm all over the place. Imagine a person who has decided that they are no good at being organized and that being organized is required in order to be productive. As long as they are operating with these two beliefs, they are not going to allow themselves to be productive. But as we learn how our natural motivation cycle works, we see that we are much more complex than our limiting labels allow us to be. I can tend to be forgetful in sparkle mode, but rarely in super. I get fiery in wild mode, but not often in bear mode. I love structure in super mode, but I rebel against it in wild. We are not any of the labels we give ourselves. We are not stuck with the identity we have accepted for ourselves. We can choose differently in any moment. We can run a new program. Recently, a client said to me, I'm an overthinker. I suggested it might be truer to say, sometimes I think about things more than I'd like. I then asked her whether it might feel even more true to say, I'm a deep thinker. If you ever find yourself saying the words, I am a, followed by anything you would rather not be, then try this. Don't say it. Put it in the past. Say it in the past tense. Rather than, I am a perfectionist, say, I have tended towards perfectionism. There is movement in that sentence. The behavior is separated from who you are in this very moment. You start to become free of it. If you keep stating it to be your current situation, it will remain to be the case. The sorceress knows she gets to choose a new reality in any moment. She knows she is ultimately limitless. Sorcery means knowing that you will always have everything you need to create what you desire, and that includes time. It also includes energy, headspace, and support. Each desire comes with the resources to create it, but accepting the desire is the starting point and acting on the inspiration is next. When a client says to me, but the inspiration isn't coming, my answer comes in the form of a question. How much clear headspace is there for it to drop into? How busy is your brain trying to work it all out? How much mental clutter is drowning out the whispers of your heart and your soul? Are you creating space to hear the universe talking to you? It's not about time. It's about headspace. Your brain is for processing. It is not for storage. But so many people are walking around with a brain full of things to remember and to worry about. What do you keep in your head that could be stored in a diary or planner? In super mode, we tend to decide that a new system will help, but so often we end up with tools and gadgets that are just more things to manage. What would keeping it simple look like for you? A paper journal for processing with actions being added to your calendar? 
What can you delegate, distill or decline that will free up mental bandwidth day to day? Mastering time means trusting yourself. It means being rebellious enough to be a relaxed and happy woman. It means doing things that feel good to do. I wrote three quarters of this book in the middle of 2020. Here I am a year later finishing it. Something happened in between. I found myself completely uninspired to write it, completely disconnected from the message. I see now what happened. I needed to learn a few things first. I needed to grow and find the final nuggets of gold the book needed. For months, I let this unfinished project drain my energy. I kicked myself for letting it sit there, wasted, making a mockery of me and everything I stood for. It was only when I let go fully that the clarity dropped in. A wise woman said to me, what if it was all just a big journal entry? I was okay with that. I was okay if this book never saw the light of day. I walked away. I created spaciousness where it had been sitting in my field. And after a while, it came back and tapped me on the shoulder. It said, it's time, let's do this. And what do you know? It was finished in a weekend after that. I just had to clear my river and trust in divine timing. What are you ready for time to open up for in your life? What are you ready to clean up your energy around so that it can be brought to life? Where are you ready to create spaciousness for newness to drop into? Thank you. I will see you in our next episode for what I think is the final chapter. I hope you are enjoying this. I would love you to head to carlymarie.com forward slash sorceress to check out the beautiful online program that goes with this text. Thank you so much.